For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 208 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Pauls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Aggressively toss this salad. And we're back. No guests this week. Um, so, and not a lot to talk about. We're uh, recording this on the old 4th of July. Will, I, I'll have you know that this is my fourth day in a row podcasting really it has been a week of podcasting because uh, you know monday we did a little blue harvest adventures recording we did uh tuesday recorded with old johnny grasso for rogue one and then last night steel and i recorded and oh, speaking yeah. of things that were recor- recorded on monday and wednesday we have a Blue Harvest Patreon page where you get tons of bonus podcasts. We have so many different shows on there. Uh, like I mentioned, Blue Harvest Adventures. Um, and I got to say, our most recent Blue Harvest Adventures re-recorded was one of my... It's up there with my favorite episodes of that that we've done. Oh, I could tell. <laughs> Robbo introduces a character... That is, like, if that was on his portfolio to get in the Star Wars story group, I would say that it would be an injustice if they didn't hire him. You were positively giddy. I was, man. <clears throat> um, and Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Steel, which I believe by the time you hear this, we'll have a new two and a half hour episode uh, wow. covering 1976 and... A whole lot of other stuff that's not Star Wars year by year related. It's really fun. At one point, I I guess I thought Steel had just stopped recording. It was real late. It was like two in the morning last night. Yeah. When we we're getting close to wrapping up. And I, I guess I had just assumed we were done recording. So I start telling Steel about this wrestling game I'm playing and stuff. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it got off the rails. Um, we also have Jaws. Oh no, it's Hall Solo, Cooking with Will, 
Masters of Harvest Kasi with King Tom, which that's another one we'll be recording soon. Um, and I think that's, oh, Steve versus the prequels. Yet another one I got to schedule sometime soon. So lots of fun stuff on the Patreon right now and uh, lots of fun stuff to come. So check it out, Blue Harvest or patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Um, we appreciate it if you feel like supporting our goofy little show. Absolutely. Uh, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We're part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network along with a host of other excellent podcasts. Uh, you know, still working on getting a cadence down for the the list of podcasts with the new entries but you know the deal steel wars now this is podcasting uh, rogue one the sith list i mean there's just excellent quality podcasts and that's not all so go check them out you can find the the making star wars podcast network on itunes or at makingstarwars.net so try it out how you been buddy I've been hanging in there. It's been a busy, <clears throat> busy week, but hanging in there. Yeah, so so we got a little bit of news about our buddy Will. He will not be here next week. He's yep. going on a vacation, Indeed. but the week after that he'll be here, and then the week after that he won't be here because another vacation. He is going. He is a beach going dude. I am, and yeah. I'm slightly terrified. Why? There's uh, been a breakout of the flesh-eating bacteria, the necrotizing fasciitis, and it's got me a little spooked. Ooh, at the beach? Yeah. Dude. One uh, one case may have come from Destin, and one case oh, no. may have come from Florida further down, and then another one from, uh, I think, Mississippi, the Mississippi-Alabama region. Oh, dude. D- you know— it's uh, it has to do with the climate. As as the oceans warm, they create a friendlier environment for those types of bacteria. And with the unseasonal wetness that the the super flooding that the Mississippi River basin has had, mm-hmm. uh, it has scooped up a lot of the chemicals from the farmland runoff and deposited them into the Gulf. Uh, and so you're seeing like a record algae bloom, and all that fresh water floats on top of this the salt water and uh you know all the algae breeds in that fresh water too and oh, it just my. it's an unfortunate perfect storm for the gulf of mexico right dude now. be careful yeah right you know i i pretty much gave up like lake and pond swimming a couple of years ago do you remember you know that like brain eating bacteria you can get from fresh water that goes up your nose. I I guess I'm not familiar. Like an amoeba or something? Yeah, something. And it it, it there was like a breakout, a cup not a breakout, but there was like a couple of sort of higher case or higher profile cases of it a couple of summers ago. And it's something that you get from like lakes and ponds. It's a freshwater. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Grenada, right? So with access to Grenada Lake and with knowing the <clears throat> industrial runoff that goes directly into it, I also gave up creek and 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 lake swimming. Well, okay, this is it. It's called 
Naglaria fowlery. I'm sure I'm okay. saying that wrong. Is a microorganism typically found in bodies of warm, fresh water, such as ponds, lakes, rivers, and hot springs. It is also found in the soil near warm water discharges of industrial plants in unchlorinated or minimally chlorinated swimming pools. Yeah, no thank you. And I know this, I know it makes me sound overly cautious, but, you know, my, my, academic training is as a psychologist, right? Part of psychologist, you take statistics. And once you learn statistics, you realize that honestly, everything is statistics. Every time you get in a unsanitized or unchlorinated body of water, you're rolling the dice. Like, oh, man. But oh, listen to this, okay? Treatment. Uh, the core antimicrobial treatment consists of antifungal drug, drug, something I can't pronounce, right? However, the fatality rate, even with this treatment, is greater than 95%. Oh. That sounds like those kids that are eating slugs and worms and geckos on dares. Oh. And getting, like, rat lung worms in their brains. Oh, goodness gracious. Kids, never eat a slug or a worm, okay? Don't do it. And if you have to, cook them up. You know, so the parasites are dead before you eat them. But why would you have to, unless you're in like a survival? Like this survival, like right, what I'm okay. saying, like yeah, if you're in that kind don't of don't ever setting. eat these things. But if you do have to eat them, cook them beyond 165 degrees minimal. In terms oh. of I love swimming. Swimming is one of my favorite activities, and I really like. I am starting to get real freaked out by it because, all right, you swim in a lake or a pond, I'm going to get brain-eating bacteria. Then I don't get to see episode nine. I swim in the fucking ocean. I'm going to get necrotizing fasciitis. Right? Close enough. Close. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, pronunciation, I believe. And, or, or I'm going to get eaten by a goddamn shark. So. And like, in fairness, they say, you know, you're probably all right because these bacteria exist on most, you know, one in four people's skin naturally. It's if you have an open wound that it can get in, but, you know, all you got to do is pick a scab or nick yourself shaven or, you know, just not be thinking. <coughs> Bro. Well, happy 4th of July. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you guys had fun skiing and shit. Yeah, right. As everybody's enjoying their sunburn. Uh, Have you got see, a shower after you got out of the water? This is the thing. It's kind of fucked up that we just went into that conversation. Because I know if I was listening to a Star Wars podcast and they started off talking about that and I had been swimming in a fresh, you know, fresh body of water, fresh water, body mm -hmm. of water, like skiing, wakeboarding, intertubing. Obviously, I'm not skiing or wakeboarding. But, you know. You could kneeboard. Uh, yeah, I'm not half bad at that. The... The I get off balance really easy though. Now inner I thought you were gonna say you get off. I was like, who doesn't? Woo! Talk about rapids. Um, but anyway, if I was listening to a Star Wars podcast and they started talking about that, I know I would immediately get a headache. <laughs> You'd be like, time for a shower and some Advil. Now I would be like, oh wow, I have a headache. Clearly, I have a brain eating amoeba or bacteria. Uh, just a cherry on the cake. When I was a kid. Uh, maybe a preteen. There was a show that Dean Kane host that was Ripley's Believe It or Not, right? Right. One I of the episodes that. was this guy that got bread mold 
basically a form of bread mold in his sinuses, and it basically turned into flesh-eating bacteria. Like, it was spreading from, like, his sinuses into his eyeballs, like, and they basically had to remove... Oh, my goodness. How did that happen? Do you remember how it happened? I don't remember how it happened, but I, I tell you this, I don't smell bread. Okay, like, I only inspect bread for mold visually. You know what I mean? Like, I make a point in my life not to breathe in from the bread bag. So do you think think that's just because you were like, well, I know a way to keep that from happening? Or do you think there's something in your brain that remembers that's how it happened? He smelled a a moldy loaf of bread? That was just my assumption. I don't know if that's how it happened. Like, it could have been in, you know, the mold could have been introduced through his apartment. I don't think that was how it happened. But that was how my brain was like... My brain was definitely like, well, I know how to make sure that doesn't happen. Here's one step we can take to make sure that doesn't happen. Never eat moldy bread ever again. Because, you know, as a preteen guy, I was like, oh, my system is strong as shit. If it's moldy bread, you just pick the mold off and, you know, you still did eat that? the bread. Oh, yeah. I was, like, I was like, penicillin is bread mold. Like, it can't hurt my stomach. My stomach acid will kill it. And it probably will, but... If you accidentally breathe in, you know, there's molds you can't see on the bread. Buddy, I don't say this often to you. That's foul. Eating moldy bread. Formerly moldy. Well, you don't eat the mold. I understand that, but still. Like, I was taking the pro- the concept of cheese. You know, you can eat moldy mm. cheese if you cut the mold off. Like, the cheese underneath is still good. Ooh. So, um... If Will ever, if you ever go over to Will's house, you're lucky enough. He's like, hey, you want a sandwich? Should make sure, watch that bread. No, I'm telling you, I don't fuck around. Like, if the, the, if the, like, ever, you know, like, since those days as a teenager, like, no. No too moldy bread of any kind. If the bread's been around too long, it just goes in the trash anyway. This is gonna You You could have the safest, my house has the safest sandwiches on the block. I see, I see. Because of Ripley's. Yes, Dean Kane. Dean Dean Kane saved your sandwiches. So, what'd you do for the fourth, buddy? Did you do anything exciting? No, I did not. I I bummed around the house and did nothing. Yeah, we, uh, dude. So, I recorded with Steel last night till like two. uh, And then I did some work afterwards because, you know, I had the day, I essentially had the day off today. Um, so I did some work till like four in the morning and then I went and tried to go to bed and couldn't sleep. Oh, the insomnia. Yep. It, it's been a little better. Um, instead of it being like several days in a row, like it's just been isolated events. You know what I mean? Yeah. So couldn't sleep, got up, came and laid in the, sat down in the recliner in our living room and tried to sleep for a little while. Jesse woke up at some point because the dogs wanted to go outside at like seven in the morning, got back in bed and slept for a little while, like just totally off my rocker. You know what I mean? Like, well, to be honest, you have always played it fast and loose with your sleep schedule. You may be getting to be an older man to where you're going to have to do something about a regular sleep schedule. You know, I'm pretty during the week. I'm pretty regular nowadays like i try to be in bed no later than like midnight at the very latest and then you know 
So that's not too bad. But on the weekends, I go a little crazy. I will stay up late and not sleep a whole lot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, so we went out to Keith and Sierra's for like a little uh, fourth oh, nice. cookout. It was delicious. Yeah. Just they? like something small. They're good. Um, and then afterwards, Jesse and I got home and I was like, you know, I'm pretty caught up on my work. I think I'm going to take a nap before I record with Will. And, dude, it was a coma that I was in. It was the deepest nap I've taken in a long time. I don't don't remember where I remember this meme, but it's like when you take a nap that hard and you wake up and you're like, what what year is it? Oh, from uh, it's Robin Williams from Jumanji. Yes, that's it. That's it. Dude. I was, you know what it was? It was the combination of not getting much sleep last night. And then I drank an energy drink this morning, which had me feeling like nice and alert, but I crash on those things hard. Oh, yeah, dude. And then you're talking a belly full of ribs. That's one. You got the itis. I did. 100% fucking recipe for the itis. I was like, ooh, hickory. Like I was falling asleep in the car uh, when Jesse was driving us home. Good grief. But I feel good now, but unfortunately, I think it's going to end up screwing with my sleep schedule. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, you're going to be up all night. I got a long weekend to try and right the ship. We'll see how it goes. Uh, you want to talk about some Star Wars? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. <clears throat> Not a lot to talk about this week. Um, I was telling Will before we started recording that I kind of feel like, besides little things here and there, uh, we're probably in for a little bit of a drought until end of July, August-ish. Uh, we may get something cool from Comic-Con. I don't think we'll get anything huge because like we discussed last week, there's going to be no uh, Star Wars panel at Comic-Con. Lucasfilm is going to have a booth, but they always have a booth. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get something out of that. Uh, I would say our next best bet would be d23 which is just a couple of weeks after uh comic-con it's you know towards the beginning ish middle-ish of august i don't know the exact dates off the top of my head um but something cool that's making sort of the uh the rumor mill and this is no spoilers you know you guys know how we roll um is apparently jason ward our buddy over at makingstarwars.net as reported on, I believe it was the most recent episode of Now This Is Podcasting, is hearing rumors that there is a new Star Wars animated series in development. Ooh-wee. And that this is, yet again, sort of a Dave Filoni, John Favreau joint. Dude, whatever John Favreau is doing, he can keep it up. He is He is quite good at what he does. Dave Filoni as well. I'm just figuring that's yeah. a given. So this is exciting. And Jason didn't offer up a ton of details. Um, you know, he's probably working on a little bit more confirmation and things like that. But he said what he heard was that it might connect into the movies and stuff a little more than, say, like Rebels or Resistance has so far. Um but you know no idea of setting character 
in characters, anything like that. And uh, I don't know. I think that's pretty exciting. I enjoy animated Star Wars. Like I have found something to really enjoy out of all three series so far. Mm-hmm. So yeah, give me some more. It also makes sense to me that there doesn't seem to be, you know, past the last season of the Clone Wars, any animated Star Wars offering for Disney Plus. I bet you that's what this is going to end up being. Um, so on that, you know, taking that into account, probably something we're not going to see until a little while after the last season of Clone Wars comes out next year. <coughs> I'm just hoping it's not so CG heavy mm. in the non-ship department. You know what I mean? Like, um, in the character department. Yeah. You know, I, Clone Wars, when Clone Wars first came out, it was one of the first, um, instances where I was not super down with CG. You know, I'm not like I'm into CG. I think CG You're even is. way more into it than I am. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I went to college for. Like that's how right. into it I am. I think it's pretty neat. But but I have to say like as Clone Wars went on, man did they do some fucking beautiful episodes. Yeah, yeah. Once, you know, they got the got got the style down and and things like that. Um, I still don't feel like Rebels ever visually achieved the same level as Clone Wars did at its best, but Rebels did some really cool shit too, especially as it went on. Um, and I like Resistance. I realize it is CG, but the, I don't know, cell shading or the color palette or whatever it is that they choose makes it look more traditionally animated. So I dig that. If I had to guess... This is probably going to be, with Dave Filoni being involved and stuff, I have a feeling it'll probably be in the same vein as, like, Clone Wars. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like it will be. And I know that's what's most cost-effective these days, but I've been watching some some anime that's, like, I guess, Bone Studios animation. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's all hand-drawn or if it's... Just did, 2D computer drawn, you know what I mean? Did it they fe- do, um, is Bones who did Full Metal Alchemist? Yeah, Bones did Full Metal Alchemist. I love and, the animation uh, in that show. The other one, what's the death is? Soul Eater. What is it that you've been watching? Soul Eater and Gurren Lagann and uh, mostly those. I like Gurren Lagann, or however you say it. Yeah. I really enjoyed that series. It is, is that traditionally hand drawn? I think so. I think it's a little older. Um, yeah, I know Gurren Lagann is. Yeah, it starts off kind of goofy, uh, but man, it gets really, really good. And I don't dislike the beginning, but like, there's like some crazy time jumps in it and stuff. Like, yeah, there is. You know, now that you mentioned that, I might rewatch that one because I just finished rewatching Evangelion. Evangelion is good. I put it on my list. I saw that it was on Netflix, and I was like, ooh, time to rewatch Evangelion. <clears throat> yeah, I think tomorrow while I'm working and stuff, I'll probably watch those um, remake movies, you know, the rebuild of Evangelion that they've been doing. Yeah, I don't think I, I think I saw the first and second one. I don't think I got to see the third one. I've only seen the third one once. That's why I want to watch it again. Uh, and the fourth one's not out yet. But... Um, 
the only reason I say that, and you know, I have no problem with Star Wars being CG, and I, I'll be happy and watch it if it is. There's something about the fluidity and I guess realness that can be conveyed in that softer hand-drawn medium, mm-hmm. or even if it's even you know, even if, I guess it's hand-drawn on a computer, it still it still feels that way. There's something so static about some of the action and fights in those computer generated yeah oh, computer I totally animation generated stuff seems kind of like uh it's stiff at points that was my main complaint about rebels uh mainly early on in rebels is it seemed a lot stiffer than clone wars mm-hmm. but you know i was comparing the end of clone wars to the beginning of rebels rebels had a much smaller budget than yeah. clone wars when clone wars was in, in production you basically had a screwy billionaire, George Lucas, who would just throw money at episodes to get the result he wanted, you know? So, you know, I don't know if we will see the same thing out of Star Wars animation again because I don't know that they view it as worth spending that amount of money. Um, Here's to hoping. So the question is, if this turns out to be correct, and it is Dave Filoni and it is John Favreau, I don't. I wonder if John Favreau, the presence of John Favreau, and you know, we're assuming that this is all correct, um, might push it in some sort of different direction, even like stylistically. I just figured since Dave Filoni was involved, that it would be the progression of uh, Ahsoka's story. Yeah, see, that's the like. But if it's going to tie in closer to the movies, then that would seem not. Right. That's the thing that would throw it off. Like, you know, eventually, I fully believe that, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, Dave Filoni is going to complete his Ahsoka trilogy of animated series. Clone Wars, Rebels, and then whatever, you know, finishes up or continues that story. Um But if it is that, yeah, I don't see how it would really connect with the movies very well. I wonder if it picks up where Rise of the Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker leaves off. Oh, like a sequel, like not a sequel series, but takes place afterwards. Yeah. Dude, that would be interesting. It would, because I guess I just assume that we won't be getting much content set after the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, because they would want to leave that open for, you know, movies. Mm-hmm. And but stuff. if you're not, if you're implying a time jump and you're not going to pick up right after that movie, you can do whatever. Yeah. Well, Animation wise, and then come back. Yeah, because you decide to make a movie. Obviously, if they're going to set something after the Rise of Skywalker, I doubt it would be like the day after. Right. It would probably right. be a couple to a few years at minimum. And- and then you don't have to worry about making things fit. Right. You right. know, you can just go. But like I you know, I wouldn't want I wouldn't see them wanting to get into an EU situation where they just let <clears throat> authors and animated series and shit go crazy in that time period and then eventually I'm sure when they do want to do something, like in a movie, they gotta be like, Oh fuck, what do we do here? you know? Yeah, like I I would feel like okay, kind of the way um uh Star Wars Resistance is 
you know, like they exist in the universe, like right as the Force Awakens happens, but they have their corner of the sandbox that they have to stay in. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, that, and that's a very can good come point. visit for a while, but they're in their corner of the sandbox. So I, I just assume that would be the same basic way. Yeah, I wonder. Um, Rebels basically had to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely did. Rebels, I feel like, was sort of like backed into a more of a corner because, you know, not just a new hope they had to worry about, you know, sort of butting heads with and conflicting with. Rogue yeah, One I, is in production at the same, you know, around the same time. Um, I felt like Clone Wars got to flex the most creative nuts. Oh, yeah. About what they could do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you really think about what, when you really sit down and think about the story events that they put in between attack of the clones and revenge of the Sith. Like, like if, if you know the entire story of the clone wars and you go see revenge of the Sith, you're like, damn Ahsoka, Darth Maul came back. Like, yeah, they, they really did. And I think that was once again, sort of a product of having George Lucas involved in like, George Lucas does what George Lucas wants to do. You know what? Mm -hmm. I want to bring out, bring Darth Maul back. We're going to find a way. As, as he said back in the day, you know, George W. Bush is the decider. I am the creator. <laughs> Did George Lucas say that? I think so. If I think he was on a late night talk show. Huh? Let me look it up now. The, I remember, I think it was, the Colbert report or whatever. Maybe it was, um, the daily show. Um, George Lucas was on sort of promoting that movie red tails, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I, th I think it had to be Colbert and he was like, are we ever going to see any more star Wars movies? And he was like, Nope. If you want to see something close to a star Wars movie, go see this movie is basically what he said. And, like, I'm pretty sure at that very time, he was already in the process of thinking about the sequel trilogy and maybe even, like, selling um, selling the company. Because I remember a couple years back, there was, like, a news article or a quote or something. I don't think it was directly from George Lucas. Maybe it was one of his kids where they sort of said, like, his initial plan was to make episode seven and then sell the company. Oh, okay. Like, sort of get the sequel trilogy off the ground and then sell the company. <clears throat> but who knows how true or accurate that is? Because, like, like I said, it's not like I have the direct quote and the specific specifics of it, like, right off the top of my head. Yeah, um, and I can't, I can't find this quote, but I'm pretty sure if my memory is failing me, I'd be surprised. Um, but yeah, possibly uh, a new animated series in the works. That's exciting to me. I have a feeling that it would probably, like I said, be on Disney Plus. Resistance probably will remain on Disney Now or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, D Now or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever that. I can't even remember. Um, for Dude. its first viewing, I have a feeling, like after seasons of Resistance complete, they'll be on Disney Plus. Hell yeah, that'll be the only place again. Like the Office is going back to what NBC's streaming service. Yeah, and Clone Wars is leaving Netflix if it hasn't already. Like, 
you're going to have a way to watch all that stuff and that is going to be Disney Plus. And Rebels is still not any sort on any sort of streaming service. I know that George has better things to do and he's his schedule is full. But to me it would be awesome if he voiced a character in these animated shows like you know like the bartender or you know the shop guy like if it was George Lucas. Yeah. That would be awesome. Like a me. little cameo like I, it would be neat if he did do some sort of... It doesn't have to be of, huge, you know? No, like, well, even if he had, like, I don't want uh, a full-on Stan Lee-style cameo. Yeah. You know, where, like, he's not in makeup and it's just him and his, yeah. his yeah, flannel I, shirt and, like, his awesome sneakers. But if they worked, like, something like that in Episode Nine, I think that... Not, you know, something a little more in-universe and fitting with Star Wars. I think that'd be pretty cool. Oh, I was talking about like the the animated stuff. No, I know, I know, I I agree. You'd I think want that him would to be... be in episode nine. Yeah, give him like a little alien cameo. You know, he's in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I know. And his kids are. Yeah. So like, yeah, bring him back for the last quote unquote last movie of the Skywalker saga. That's how <laughs> that's how uh, confident I am at this point. Is now I'm mocking it. Last movie of the Skywalker saga. That's fine. You can say that, but. We'll see when that episode 10 ends up happening. The whole point of uh, The Last Jedi was that the legend, the myth lives on no matter what. Oh, dude. Um, I got my Game Informer for this month in the mail, and it's Jedi Fallen Order on the cover. Yeah, and, like right. It's a pretty sick cover. Yeah, it is. I haven't sat down to read the article yet just because I haven't had time, but... Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's got some killer screenshots in it, too. And you can see the seventh sister has that same spinny lightsaber. Yeah, the fucking helicopter lightsaber. Yep. I wonder if she'll use that power. I'm so interested. I seriously oh. doubt it. There was such backlash at the time. I don't think they would, but I'd be interested. Hello, lightsabers. Hello, lightsabers. Um, So, do you remember... Oh, shit, I might be confusing things. I don't know if I talked about this with you or if I talked about this on an episode of like the solo show I do for Patreon, but do you remember how we were talking about like it didn't seem like they were doing a great job with that first gameplay video they released um, really giving you an idea of um, what type of game it was? And how, like, they did kind of make it just seem like it was a, a linear level that you go through and you do some combat. Like, almost... I don't think you were talking that about that with me because I kind of felt like they gave a pretty decent idea. Like, I mean, it felt linear, yeah, and there was, you know, things you could force, pull, and push, and do. Right. Well, it turns out, like, if, like, in um, articles and stuff that were coming around E3, like, there's a lot more to this game than I'm almost sure we talked about this. Maybe it'll spring your memory. Like yeah. there's more to this game than it seems advertised in that first 15 minute chunk. It's actually kind of a Metroidvania style game. Do you remember having the conversation of like, I remember the Metroidvania reference, but yeah, my mind still goes to 2d side scrollers. Well, it's more, but you're talking about levels to come back to, to play. Right, playing through so the levels like you and, know like, how having in, to get a power to to go a certain place. Right, like you know how in Symphony of the Night, I remember which, talking that part. Like Symphony of the Night is, you know, NSD. one of the keystone moments or keystone games 
that established the quote-unquote Metroidvania genre. Like, you know, you would go through the castle and there would be places you couldn't get until, like you said, you got a power or an upgrade, you know, and then that would unlock more parts. Like, that's how there's this certain game things is. you couldn't do without the double jump, and then there's certain right. things you couldn't do without the reverse gravity jump. Just like uh, Arkham Knight, or not Arkham Knight, Arkham Asylum, the first Batman yeah. game. There were parts of uh, Arkham Asylum you couldn't get to until you got certain gadgets and stuff. Super Glide, or the right. long back claw, or the. So, this is all just a long recap to say that EA and Respawn posted a longer gameplay clip. So they posted one that's like 30 minutes of uncut gameplay that starts with Cal like swimming in the water on Kashyyyk and like climbing this huge vine covered ATAT and taking it over and stuff. Um, and it, it like features his first meeting with saw and stuff. And you see more elements of that sort of gameplay in the okay. longer clip. Um, like there's a bridge that they come to and he upgrades BD one to be able to hack the console to extend that bridge. So I'm pretty sure like BD1's, is that right? Is that it? BD1? Maybe I'm fucking up that droid's name. Um, anyway, I'm sh I think the droid's upgrades will like be part of the way that you unlock new areas and stuff, along with probably force powers and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, if you guys want to check that out, it's on like the EA Star Wars YouTube channel. And it looks pretty neat. I was also reading this week that apparently, uh, and this was something that I didn't notice when watching the gameplay. Um, apparently they've made some graphical tweaks to the lightsabers in the game because people were complaining that Cal's lightsaber was solid blue and didn't have like sort of that traditional white core to it that you see in, in lightsabers yeah uh, apparently they've gone in and, and changed that due to fan feedback um, honestly that doesn't quite upset me like you know I don't I don't get upset when the lightsaber isn't the right color blue or you can't see the core clearly I guess I just get excited that I have a lightsaber or that my character has a lightsaber. If you, like I said, I didn't even notice it in the gameplay footage. It was just an article I saw on IGN about right. like that they got some fan feedback and they are changing that. I don't know that it would have affected me much either. Like, but it's just, I thought it was kind of interesting that they were making a change to the game, um, you know, based off of some fan feedback and, <clears throat> and stuff. I'm, Telling you, man, pretty excited for that game. Pretty excited. Um, More than a little. Is, that is going to be a hell of a week for Star Wars content because that comes out November 15th. Three days before is the launch of Disney Plus and the premiere of The Mandalorian. Now, this is a segue, ladies and gentlemen. That's how you do it. That's how you do it at fucking Blue Harvest. Uh, speaking of the Mandalorian, there were some tasty images that came out this week. Now, what's funny to me about this is just last week, King Tom's voicemail was talking about, uh, you know, wanting to know what we were looking forward to as far as like sort of harmless target spoiler style leaks in the coming weeks and months, right? Right. 
And this week's we get something like that, and it's nothing huge. There's nothing in <clears throat> these images because they're, um, from what I understand, they're images for T-shirts. There's nothing in these images that hasn't already been seen or talked about in articles, you know? Yeah. But uh, we got three images that leaked, and these were on Amazon, like the U.S. Amazon store briefly before they got taken down. Um, so the first one is IG-11. Pretty sick looking. Pretty sick looking. I mean, is it anything new? Like, are you, do you, like, no. You're not going to look at this and go, wow. I mean, to me, brand new. looks like an IG droid. Right. Like, uh, so I do think it's interesting that they have the Mythosaur skull on this poster. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then we have two pictures of the Mandalorian himself. Um, I think they look cool, but other than that, there's, you know, nothing new in it. It's just neat to start seeing stuff like this start to come out for the Mandalorian. Right. Um, now, the thing, these are t-shirt images, right? And uh, I'm not a fan of just a, a square design on a t-shirt you know what i mean like look at the one that's the mandalorian with sort of like what looks like the sun behind him maybe mm -hmm. on a snowy planet um just printing that square image on a t-shirt maybe not my favorite type of design you know okay so you don't like the album cover t-shirt kind of thing um no not really there are there are a you know exceptions to that rule like right now i'm wearing my return of the jedi poster shirt that i got at celebration and that's a big rectangle image right um, so just a little thing that i thought like because these were these images have been cropped off of the t-shirts but like on the amazon listing you know it showed the t-shirts with the images on them right <clears throat> so Remind me of the Mandalorian alloy. What is that called? Felspar? Beskar. No. Beskar. Mandalorian um, iron. Is his right shoulder pauldron that material? Oh, let me take a let me take because a looky it, look. It's got the same kind of ribbing that the helmet does, and it's the same kind of color. Yeah, so you know, there's in the footage that they showed off at Celebration, which, you know, I still think is kind of a bummer that they haven't released some of that to the general public. It right. looks like as the show progresses or later on in the show, like you see how he's got like the gray um, shoulder pad on the right. other arm. And then obviously his chest pad is, is gray it, or not gray, brown. brown. Brown is what I, I didn't mean gray before brown. Um, like... In the footage we saw, like, the trailer piece, he's fully decked out in, like, that nickel-plated. Right. So, and that's kind of why I was asking, because the brown shoulder pad is much different, much mm -hmm. larger, different style, has clear wear and tear, like the chest piece, but the helmet and that right pauldron basically are spotless. Yeah, so I, I'm wondering if it's going to be a situation where he does, like, gradually, almost like a metroidvania game where he gradually upgrades his armor and shit 
<coughs> yeah, definitely. Um, man, I am looking forward to this show. I can't wait. Me too. Not long before we're playing a brand new, like, kick-ass, hopefully kick-ass, single-player story-based Star Wars con uh, video game and watching The Mandalorian in the same week. And then that is only a month away from Episode Nine. Hot damn. Um, did you have anything else that stuck out to you about the uh, Mandalorian? Pictures? No. I, yeah. No. We've covered yeah, hard, pretty much all I can see, you know. Hard to talk much about them considering, like, um, you know, it's like a visual thing and it's like nothing new. It's just, I don't know, neat to see stuff starting to come out. Basically, that I thought before you told me they were T-shirts, I thought they were like posters. I thought it was like, you know, the the posters that are going to be at Walmart or Target or whatever. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if that's the case. You remember there was a array poster for Episode Seven that was like an art. Like, not a, a still from the movie, and she's, like, walking on Jakku. She's got her staff on her back. I think BB-8's next to her. The sun's behind her. Yeah. That one picture of the Mandalorian with the sun behind him, like, I would not be surprised if that's by the same artist because it looks very oh, really? similar. Like, the style yeah. and, like, the um, like the design of it. Like, I, I would not be surprised if that's the same artist that did that Ray poster. So, these could be... What... what what I was trying to say is these could be both. These could be on shirts. These could be on posters. Like, you know, these Star Wars assets for, like, marketing materials and merchandise, like, they get reused. Like, you'll see the same image on a shirt or a poster or a mug or underpants, bags of grapes. Socks. Socks. Jonesy. All right. Um, let's do voicemails and emails and call it a night how's that sound buddy sounds good to me let's listen to let's let's celebrate the fourth with a fucking jam of a song Alrighty then. Uh, first up, the one and only King Tom. Let's see if he's got a uh, uh, a prediction that's going to come true. 
this week. Here we go. Hey there, Haas and Will. So I had this thing growing up. The old people in my family used to have this funny way of saying the days of the week. You know, instead of saying Thursday or Friday, they'd say Thursday and Friday. And every now and then I would say this around my kids and, and they'd get a kick out of it. And so today, this morning, my son comes up to me and he goes, hey, Dad, today is Thursday. Got, got a little laugh out of me. And I said, yeah, it is. And he goes, how come there's no Kia D Thursday? There's a Kia D Monday, but not a Kia D Thursday. And, and, and that got a pretty big laugh at me because he knows how I feel about Kia D Monday. And, it, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a big joke. Sorry, there's an airplane and a cricket or something, make chick- a cicada, making a lot of noise. I'm trying to record a voicemail for, you know, my favorite Star Wars podcast. And, Nature. This is nature at work. But anyway, I, it's, it's, you know, at least it's, it's not a GPS telling me to go off a bridge or anything like that. But my question for you, and I've kind of gotten sidetracked here a little bit, I wanted to ask, are there any, I know we have things about, like, Kia D and everything else that we share with each other, but are, are there any stupid things about Star Wars that make you laugh or stupid Star Wars in-jokes that, that, you know, you haven't shared with anyone? And, and I, I don't know where I'm going with that question. I just really wanted to share it my son said because I thought it was hilarious. But I'm also looking for any other Star Wars jokes. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, uh, I hope if you see it soon, you enjoy Far From Home. And I hope you guys have a great week. Thanks a lot. Goodbye. Damn, was King Tom at an, a fucking, what is it where there's a bunch of birds? An aviary? An aviary. An aviary. He's hanging out with a bunch of birds. I imagine he was recording that that uh, that voicemail with like a bunch of birds on his back, like Beauty and the Beast. He's uh he's got a headset on, and in each hand is bird seed, and he's just standing, arms out. Um, do you have any like Star Wars inside jokes? There's a couple. Like I don't know if uh, they're on what? the Kiati Mundi like level. Um. I remember What's the internal temperature of a tauntaun? Lukewarm. Lukewarm, I mean. Um, I have this one that involves you and us being inebriated one night. Oh, and boy. it was when there we used to have a couch on either side of the living room. Yeah. And we were hanging out. Uh, and I was on one couch and you're the other, and we both just started going stubble, stubble, <laughs> back and forth. That's all, and laughing and laughing. I don't know what started it, but like the two of us separately probably said stubble, stubble, like 400 times. I don't know. Yeah. We just kept doing it and laughed. Like my stomach hurt. I was crying. Like, coughing fits like <clears throat> um and then like mazer up, <laughs> um i'm trying to think if there's any others like i always one that always cracked me up in a kid as a kid is um in empire strikes back i think it's when he says general veers and he turns around i think that's the moment when the guy comes up to talk to Vader and he turns around and he's like right in the dude's face. No, that's in uh that's in a new hope, right in the beginning. In uh 
No, he's on the ship. This is definitely Empire, the one I'm thinking about. Like okay. the guy comes well, up comes up behind him and Vader turns around and like he's like it would be like if I don't know, just something about the proximity of their faces being to get like that close. Like it's a real tight shot and the dude's like right up in Vader's face. It's stupid. And- Every There's time a scene just like that in the beginning of A New Hope where he's looking for the Death Star plans. Right. <clears throat> yeah, he turns I... around and dude's like right in his face. I'm trying to think if there was any other. Bring me the plans. I want them alive. Um, trying to think if there's any other like weird little. Jesse is, is texting me Star Wars dad jokes. She says... Okay, here you go. The Why? looks are droids with the 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 oh. little circle thing. That's that's pretty funny. Uh, do you remember? I remember another time. This was early on in us being friends. We were in Starkville. It might have even been before. No, you definitely lived with us. Lived at the house with us at this point. Once again, inebriated. We had just gotten Sonic Drive-In. Do you remember yeah. this? And we had onion rings. And I held up an onion ring and I go, look, sir, droids. Yeah. And like you were like, that's, that's pretty funny. You wouldn't give it to. That's, that's pretty funny, though. Um, This is OK. It, why wouldn't that's why you, we're friends, though? <laughs> yeah, I know. Why wouldn't you eat a Wookiee? Well, this is from Jesse. Why wouldn't you eat a Wookiee? Mm-hmm. I think it's why. Uh, how do you? Because it would be a little chewy, right? It's a bit chewy, yeah, yeah. It's it's how do you like your the one I've heard is how do you like your Wookie steaks? Oh, a bit chewy. A bit chewy. Hmm. I don't like the idea of eating a Wookie. That'd be like eating Dharma. Picking hair out of your teeth for days. Now Luna, Luna would make a delicious meal. I always thought it was funny when Luke gets the lightsaber and the first thing he does is point it at his face. Like, yeah, that is funny, but it's also one of those things that like I didn't find funny until it was pointed out a million true. times on the internet. It is funny because he does look right down that Joker. Uh-huh. Um, what's funny is a mutual friend of ours um, posted a video on their Facebook a couple years ago, and they had like one of those nicer... Um, like a replica lightsaber hilts or whatever and they're showing it to one of their kids and like trying to convince the kid that it's a real lightsaber being like don't turn it on don't press the power button and the kid's all like freaked out and the first thing the kid does when he hands the, the lightsaber to him is looks right down the the fucking barrel oh man and it so, must be an instant it isn't it? oh what's this like Um, one of the things my dad pointed out to me that I, when I, you know, growing up, um, that I thought was hilarious was like, you know, Princess Leia pretty much has like a, an aristocratic accent, almost a British accent until you like, uh, throw her in prison or down a trash chute. He's like, accent evaporates real quick. She's like, get this walking carpet out of my way. Yeah. I think that's probably... Sort of been to, like, I think that was definitely like a a choice because, like, she's supposed to be like a senator, you know what I mean? She's like trying to play cool, like, she doesn't know what the fuck Darth Vader's talking about. She's you know? talking about how the star systems will slip through your fingers. Oh, 
That's an excellent Mary Poppins like. I love that fucking line. Man, charming. To the last. To the last. Uh, you want to hear from our buddy Robbo? Yes. Let's hear what he has to say. How do, Hawes and Will? This is Robbo, the Japanese farm boy. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. Hey, everybody. I'm in Japan for a few more days, and I thought, hey, maybe I should send a voicemail to Blue Harvest, um, mostly because I was listening to, like, the magpies and the uh, other birds and the various critters around here and the rustling of the leaves and the wind and the trickling of the water down the uh, mountain. And I thought, man, this sounds like a rural farm boy is going to pop out and record a, a voicemail. <laughs> like, you know... I'm going to turn a corner and it's going to see him on the rocking chair with a corn cob pipe or something like that. He's going to have biscuits so, um, and black because coffee. Because I'm out, out in the great outdoors and it made me think. So we, I think we already have a pretty good idea about what kinds of new planets we're going to be seeing in episode nine. And uh, it seems like it's a little bit different, a little bit the same. And of course, they like to film as much as they can on location. So they're kind of limited to earth biomes and uh, environmental features and such, which is fine. I always found it getting kind of a little bit too weird. Like, it was creative when they're on the bug planet and Attack of the Clones. I mean, I like the idea of it, but when you see it, it's just like, it just doesn't look right. It's clearly not a real place. That said, um, I like the imagination of it. I feel like there's a lot of places on Earth that you could film that would be very different from what we've seen so far, but still feel weird enough to be an, its own planet. Limiting uh, myself to places I've actually been, which you don't necessarily have to do in your answer, but uh, I, would, I, I think there's a lot of places in Japan that don't get filmed enough, frankly, because probably because people feel like it's going to look too much like, you know, an old you know, samurai movie or something like that, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for Star Wars, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think, like, you look at some of the, like, the cedar, you know, the, the Japanese cedars, the sugi, are, like, really super tall trees, very narrow, and they just sway back and forth in the wind. Um, bamboo groves are the same thing. You know, yeah, it's another forest, I get it, but it's a different-looking kind of forest, and, uh, there's just kind of altogether a different vibe about it. I'd also say that the mountains in Japan are absolutely bonkers. They're nuts because it's all volcanic islands, right? And if you can, you know, find a spot, you can film some stuff there, and it just it does look like another world in a lot of ways, at least to me. Although I suppose all the Star Wars fans of Japan would probably find it really boring. <laughs> Maybe they could, like, CGI up the sky so it's, like, puke yellow or something like that. Anyway, can't wait to uh, get back together with you guys, record some more uh, Patreon material, and uh, until next time, so long, suckers. Dude, I'm digging this, uh, like, trend of voicemails this week from nature. Right? Did Fuck you it. hear the, the waterfall or the stream in the background? God, I'm so jealous. I want to go to Japan so bad. Nippon. Um... Yeah, I feel like there are a lot of different sort of real-world locations that they could utilize. Um, you know, doing the salt flats for Crate in Last Jedi, that was cool. That was cool. Um, but yeah, It I, was alien enough. 
like it was just enough to be different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was. Yeah. And like, because I know what he's saying. I know because the bug planet, it was kind of deserty, you know, like already basically, but there was a feeling of it that felt almost too alien. Right. Uh, are we talking about Geonosis or Felucia? I think he's probably talking about Geonosis, if I have to guess. Okay. Now, Felucia, like Felucia right, was super alien. Like, yeah, it's it was like delicately mushroom alien, like, like fucking almost Avatar esque, very video game looking. It would be neat to to throw something like that in every now and then, you know. Like, I would like to see some crazy aliens, but I wouldn't and, like alien plants. But I wonder if you could be more effective. Kind of like Robbo was saying, filming in a real world location, right. and then that's what I prefer enhancing or yeah. adding to it, like to make it more alien and weird in nature. Um, um, the I mean, we always come back to this example, but I think it's because it's a good example. In the first Star Trek movie, the remade Star Trek movies, or is it the first? I think it's the first one where they're on that primitive planet and like. There's some vibrant color stuff going on. Like, I think the vegetation is bright red or blue. Is that the it's first very one? Star it might be the second one. I can't remember. I can't remember. It's the first or second one. It's I haven't seen the third one, so it's certainly not the third one. Um, but where they're not trying to get their presence revealed by the primitive culture, they spend such a short time on that planet that it is so striking it's effective that way. You know, right. it's not, it doesn't break my suspension of reality or disbelief because they don't spend very long on it. Right. And there's a lot of intense stuff going on. It probably is the second one. I think you're right. Yeah. And I really like some of the location stuff in the prequels, like on location stuff, like the palace and say Italy that they filmed, like the Naboo the, palace. Yeah. In, like, the Naboo. That stuff's man, really cool. That stuff. They did Naboo really very well. Cool, man. Like, um, yeah, I don't it's hard for me like from a personal standpoint like I haven't traveled enough unfortunately to be like right. oh I'm about the same. Yeah. Here's this really interesting location that I've been to that's totally unlike anything we've seen in Star Wars for so it's kind of hard for me. And then like I think it's in Prague, the uh, the Chapel of Bone, right? Have you ever heard of that place? I don't believe so. I think it's called the Chapel of Bone. It's it's something that's like very unique. Um, and you see it in movies and like metal music videos and stuff. They actually um, filmed part of the Dungeons and Dragons movie there. Oh, okay. Um, but it's like this... Um, it's this chapel like okay so this is the whippy it's actually in Portugal it's not in Prague uh, the chapel is formed by three spans 18.7 meters long and 11 meters wide whatever math I'm not good at it light enters through three small openings on the left its walls and eight pillars are decorated carefully and arranged bones and skulls held together by cement uh, the ceiling is made of white painted brick and is painted with death motifs. Um, the number of skeletons of friars was calculated to be about 5,000. Um, wow. 
maybe this is not the same place I'm thinking about, but it's got like, it looks like the kind of thing you'd see in a Dungeons and Dragons movie or in uh, in like a heavy metal music video, but it's one of those kind of neat, unique locations that would not make sense in Star Wars is what well, I was basically trying to get to. What sparks um, that image is, do you know the catacombs under Paris? That are yeah. basically built of nothing but bones. This the, what the one like the in uh, the Last Crusade. Yes. Yeah. Those are those are intense. Um, something like that might be neat if it was all if, you know different skulls, not all human skulls. You know, like uh, I drive around a lot for work, and a lot of the times I'll go sort of back route or back road routes to different cities and courthouses instead of getting on the highway. A lot of times it's faster. Um, and when you're out in like the middle of nowhere, Alabama, you'll see some places where you're like, damn, that looks like a movie location. Right. Because it's just unfucked with forest, giant lakes and ponds and stuff. But the drive between Tupelo and Birmingham is chock full of that. Yes. Yes. Like you'll see cliffs and stuff. Like I know exactly what you mean. Um, and but it's nothing that I see and I necessarily think like alien. Well, not even that, like in the right circumstance, right lighting, right framing and stuff. It could definitely be a planet in star Wars, but not necessarily something we haven't already seen either. Right. You know, like, and I was going to, my, one of my examples was like Alaskan Canadian wilderness. Like, yeah, we've seen a snow planet and you know, the, um, the star killer base was kind of snowy and had a couple trees, but (laughs) I know what you mean though. It wasn't foresty and snowy and mountainy with a lake, you know, like that could be cool. Almost like Bob Ross painting. Right. Very right, right. Bob Ross painting. And, and like thick jungle could be cool too, like Vietnamese, Thailand. Yeah, have you we... know, with a you know, cuz we've seen Endor and on Yavin and I'm not sure if those are intended to be quite jungly. They're no. foresty. Well, I would say Yavin is meant to be more jungly it's it was shot like parts of it were shot in guatemala i believe isn't that correct um so i think it is and i think it is sort of described as a jungle planet indoor is definitely more foresty it was shot in the redwoods right like Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah uh i think Rabo's suggestion of japan just because like i think that would be really cool Um, australia would be kind of neat some of the stuff in australia they shot the prequels in Australia, but I think that was mostly... They shot two and three there, and I think that was mostly, like, studio stuff, though, at that point. I, say, I thought that was all green screen. Yeah, I mean, that is a common misconception uh, about the prequels, is that it's completely green screen. It's not. There were, you know, on-location shoots. Not nearly as many, obviously, as the original trilogy or even probably the sequel trilogy, but... They did do it. There was miniature work. It's not all CG. I would say probably the Phantom Menace has the most actual on-location stuff going on. Uh, I think that's a safe thing to say, actually. Um, And, like, the Phantom Menace has your savannas, like your your grassland, your, uh, I guess it's tundra. No, maybe not tundra, but... (coughs) <coughs> I think <coughs> excuse me. I think Octu is one of the cooler 
locations that they've given us in the new movies. Um, uh, like I said earlier, Crate was really cool. And I know a lot of it comes down to like the cost to film in these locations too. And, you know, sometimes a location will get chosen over another one because of tax breaks and stuff. Like that plays a big right. part in it. So maybe that's why we haven't seen anything filmed in Japan. You what know? is Maz Kanata's palace planet? It's not Dakar. It is Takodana. Takodana. Takodana felt fresh. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, maybe it was just how it was shot with the forest and the the ruin that is Maz's palace. Something about that felt Yeah, fresh. right next to that giant body of water, whether that's right. a lake or whatever. And then the forest where Ray and Kylo fight, or not fight, where they first encounter each other. Mm-hmm. Like, that is really cool. And I think that was filmed... Uh, I think that was a place called Puzzlewood in the UK. So, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'll i be interested to see how they mix it up in that regard. Like Scotland? The Highlands of Scotland? Like boggy, Fucking Highland, craggy, but Star yeah. Wars? You know, it, it would not be... Uh, I would not be disappointed if we got another take on sort of a swampy type planet that'd be cool you know like we got indoor but i always assumed that dagobah is a jungle planet like it's in this just in the swampy part of the jungle planet now that doesn't have to be the case the whole planet could be a swamp yeah it just seems like star wars planet have like one biome per planet there's not a lot of variation like there's no warm part of hoth it's not like they're in the antarctic of hoth hanging out you know that Um, we know of yeah yeah uh, so yeah, to see that, like, you know, Dag- like I was saying, Dagobah, but you never <clears throat> really get, it, it's so dark on Dagobah. You never really get the feeling that it's like daylight out in, mm-hmm. in the swamp. And then like, if you've ever or been the trees to, are so heavy, even yeah, when it is daylight, it's right, still dark. Right. And you never get it. Like if you've ever been in a swamp or something like, you know, that sort of cool effect you get where it does, it, it is like way overcast feeling because of the vegetation but there's like beams of sunlight coming through the trees and like particulate matter like Kashyyyk should feel like that but it's almost anytime we see it it's almost too (laughs) CG to feel like that I feel like yeah maybe yeah yeah I think Kashyyyk is more like um monumental more like gargantuan trees that's what I mean like gargantuan super canopy super rainforest but like you know what I mean, like, uh, like when you're, you're talking about like the Deku tree forest, the Deku from Legend of Zelda. Yeah, or like the swamp in Red Dead Redemption. Like okay. go to the swamp in Red Dead Redemption during like noon or one o'clock in the afternoon, and it still seems like sort of darker and mustier, but there's like beams of light poking through the trees and like stagnant fucking gross looking greenish brown water and stuff like yeah it would be kind of neat to see and you know what i could be wrong but i think there might actually be sort of a swampy type situation going on in episode nine you know a beach like there's not like a beachy yeah rogue one scarif in rogue one well that's true scarif scarif is like a fucking imperial resort 
I was thinking the major canon films, but it's like going to sandals. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Talk about a pleasure planet. Scarif should be fucking Rigel three or whatever. The that's the play. fucking. Uh, that's the assignment you want in the Empire. Oh, I get to work at the research station at Scarif. Fuck yeah. I'm going Time to, to work on my space tan. Yeah, exactly. All right, we got one more voicemail for the evening, and we'll call it a night. It's from our buddy Jim. Hawes and Will, how are you gentlemen doing? Uh, man, Chris Fresh, uh, that dude is so fresh, I think he's he's ripe. Um, and since uh, he likes my weird... Um, tirades, my weird rants, uh, I'm going to bust one out that is actually unrelated to Star Wars, but it's true. So I'll, uh, first let me walk you into the first one. Um, so remember the movie Hook with, uh, Dustin Hoffman? Everybody remembers Hook. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, when I was seven, while the movie was still in the theater, I got a coloring book, the Hook coloring book. And I get to a certain page, and it actually spoils for me that Rufio dies. I mean, I literally was coloring, and the line in a bubble said, I wish I had a dad like you. And I'm like, is, this, is there a fucking kid dying in my coloring book at seven years old or eight? But uh, yeah, so it was actually spoiled for me that Rufio dies before I saw the movie. So that was crazy. Uh, now, the big one is um, The Sixth Sense, man. Uh, I was in high school, and it's not like I waited, on, I slept on the movie, and then finally, you know, somebody wrecked it for me. Opening week, opening week, I was, it was the end of the day of high school. I'm standing out where people wait for the buses. My dad's going to pick me up, and we're going to go see The Sixth Sense. Um, and... Uh, I was talking to a friend about it, and then this guy, you can edit this out if you want, Lewis Purse again, looks like a fucking chipmunk, Simon. I didn't even talk to him like like that. But uh, he's like, hey, 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 you, you going to see The Sixth Sense? And I'm like, yeah. And he says, he's dead the whole time. Later. And he does like the jazz fingers, like he's playing the piano or something and backs away. Later. And I'm like, what What the fuck was that? You know, I'm like, who's dead the whole time, right? I go see the movie, and I think I'm there with my girlfriend. My dad dropped me off, I think. And uh, I, as soon as he gets shot in the belly and then the scene just changes, I'm like, oh, my God, he's fucking dead. He's dead right there. He's dead already. And then, you know, the scenes happen. He can't open the door. And I'm like, you can't open the door because you're dead. You know, all this stuff. I, like, the movie was wrecked for me. In my seat, I was silent and, like, throwing my hands up every time I understood what was going on and I was cheated. But uh, the rewatchability is still there. It's still an excellent movie later. But, um, yeah, I got that shit spoiled for me, man. Um, so what is what movies have uh, been spoiled for you guys other than Logan by uh, Grasso for you, uh, Hawes? But, anyway, Ignite the Green. Uh, one of my movies that got spoiled was The Sixth Sense, and it was spoiled my, by my dad. You know what's funny? I spoiled The Sixth Sense for my mom. Oh, and, really? Yeah, my stepdad was so irritated that I did it, but they never went to see it. Is the funny thing like, you know, I felt bad because I, I was talking about it, and I was like, I was just 
kind of like mind blown about it at the time. I was just kind of like telling my mom, da 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 da, and like. I don't, you know, think my mom even realized, but my stepdad was like, you just spoiled the movie. And I was like, oh, shit, I did. I'm sorry. My bad. Uh, my dad, someone that my dad worked with told him that we should go see it. So my dad literally says to me, we should go see that movie The Sixth Sense this weekend. Uh, apparently, it's about a kid who hangs out with a dead guy. Man, and I was like, okay, that sounds good. Like, you know, I didn't, re- you, without knowing, I didn't realize the, like, the premise. Right, I didn't realize it was even a spoiler. I just thought it, right. that was the premise of the movie. So going to the movie and realizing that it's a big reveal, I was like, oh man. Um, I also had Alien Three spoiled for me by my cousin, like. I wanted to see Alien 3 very badly, right? Like, big alien guy, um, especially as a kid. And so, it, and it seemed like forever between Aliens and Alien 3 as a kid, right? And yeah. so they're finally doing Alien 3. Sigourney Weaver's back. She's got a shaved head. It looks like it's like going the more scary route. I'm so excited for this movie. And at family dinner one Sunday... I mention, hey, I really want to see Alien 3. And my cousin goes, don't go see it. Ripley dies at the end. Oh. That's pretty lame. It's pretty bad, right? Yeah. Have you had any other spoiler moments like that? Yeah, I know I have, but I'm I'm blanking on what they were. I mean, I'm, I've had movies spoiled for me before, but I'm... Trying to, I mean, it, I guess it was nothing so huge that I was like, I remember being at work and be like, well, I guess I don't need to fucking go see that now. Like, do you remember when the fucking Dumbledore dies on page six hundred and whatever it was thing happened? Like, yes, before that sixth Harry Potter book came out, and people were like, apparently there were companies that made T-shirts before the book came out that even said like. Dumbledore, Dumbledore dies, dies in the end. Or dies on such and such page. Yeah, like yeah. that's just shitty. They were. I was. I wasn't at the one, but there were dudes that were like buying the book midnight release or whatever. And as soon as they got their book, they were like going down the line, leaving, yelling that shit. Like, are you serious? Yeah, yeah. That it would have been justified if someone popped them in the mouth for that, right? Oh, I'm. I'm sure one or two got it. Like. That's just intentionally trying to ruin someone's good time. Like, you know, that, one of our previous you're a shitty person. Like, that's the dudes that were like, "I'm gonna go to Grand Theft Auto and steal somebody's game as soon as they leave because it's Grand Theft Auto." Like, that's um, you're just a shitty human being. You know, one of our old roommates from the Starkville days ruined that for me, spoiled that for me over AOL Instant Messenger because, like, literally all the dudes that lived in this house would be in the same house and would converse over AOL instant messenger. And he just sent me a fucking Dumbledore dies on such and such page. One to wring his fucking neck, dude. It's the same guy that you put that old world curse on. Dude. (laughs) One second. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that does it for us this week, buddy. Thanks for recording with me. Hey man. Thanks for having me on. 
Uh, if you guys like our theme song, please be sure to like the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you have a chance. And we'll see you next week. Until then, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>